Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Plus minus. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Play driving again. Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. You hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think you got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Welcome to Warriors Plus Minus. We are um, a week away from the season opener. Uh, and we've got quite a bit to talk about, but we, we must begin every show from now on. Until it becomes very clear we shouldn't talking about the greatness of Jordan Poole because this <laughs> people no, get, get tired of it. You this. cannot we, get tired of Jordan. All you Poole. do is praise. You cannot Jordan get tired Poole. of Jordan. All Poole. you do is praise. Uh, Jordan Slater, what do we see from Jordan Poole uh, in our latest preseason affair? Anything new? Anything? Same as always. Uh, twenty-eight and like I don't know twenty-something minutes. Yeah, yeah. I asked pregame Steve, and he was like, you know. We haven't fully discussed it as a staff, but it's hard to envision taking him out of the lineup the way he's playing. Nah, I mean, like, he's just, I mean, I think one of Kerr's better answers on it in the preseason, somebody asked, like, what's the significance of him starting? He's like, he's one of our best players. Like, he's just going to start. And that's, I mean, what is he right now going into the season? Like, their fourth best player? Third yeah. or fourth best player? And, by the way, and fitting in with the starters, right? That 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 could be an issue. Like, hey, what are you doing pulling up from 35? And I saw Andre kind of had a, a little bit of a smart alecky <laughs> answer to that which is typically Andre, and and we know he's great with the young players, but he kind of tries to keep him in line sometimes. But if Steph and Draymond are okay with it, and Steve Kerr is okay with it, he's making a few of them. I don't know if he's making every one of those, but then you put your most talented player out there and let him play a lot of minutes. That's how you get him more minutes. Like you know, that's how you get him from twenty two to twenty eight to thirty three minutes is to start him and then play it from there. I don't. I think. You know, he won't play all his minutes with Steph and Draymond because you do want him as that second unit. I mean, they finally, what we've always been saying, second unit initiator, second unit initiator, somebody who can score when Steph is not on the court, and that is Jordan Poole now. So he's going to get both roles. Start, get out of there, and then lead that second. Maybe you take Wiggins out, right? I mean, I haven't seen Wiggins in any kind of formulation of a second unit. Maybe Wiggins is out of it. Like, Wiggins didn't even play last game. He wasn't even at the open scrimmage. He's dealing with, like, a little bit of a sore knee. So we'll see on that. But, yeah, I mean, Poole made his preseason statement of what he was going to be in the first two minutes in Portland. I mean, you you flipped the game on. This is the first time we've seen them under the big lights. And he took, like, three 28-footers within, like, three minutes of the game starting. And it's like, oh, okay, this is this is the green light he's been given after this summer. So it's obvious what they're doing with him. I mean, the big thing is, like, he's at this point, like, I think locked into, like, 30 to 35 minutes a night. I'm sure Steve Kerr would like to see a bit more improvement defensively. You can get by him off the dribble. Better than you should for somebody who's stronger and a pretty good athlete. But you got to imagine that's where time with Andre Iguodala comes in, just over time, giving him little tidbits. But you can still get by him, which is, you know, 
probably going to – if you got Draymond back there, if you got uh, Looney and, you know, these great kind of help defenders, it's a easier pill to swallow, especially if you're giving 25. But that's got to be where Steve is pointing. I'm watching because, you know, we're talking next level star here. You guys are late on the train here, but we're talking a big star. So you kind of got to watch all the facets of the game, Slater. When he becomes what the be- one of the best 10 players in the league, is that what you're saying, MT? Uh, you know, makes that progression. you got to chronicle the whole journey. <laughs> First team All-NBA or second team All-NBA? That's the, that is the question here. I'll tell you what, it's a, it's a larger view of what, Steve Kerr and the Warriors are going to try to do at least until Clay gets back, and maybe even when Clay's back, they're going to outscore people. But then that has not been kind of the Warriors' thing. Obviously, with Durant and Steph and, and Clay, you can just do it no matter what. But there always was a defense. You know, he thought defense first. Kerr thought, how do I put this together defensively first? And now I don't think they're thinking that, and clearly they're not thinking that because who's guarding Damian Lillard? I don't know, and I don't think right now they have an answer for that. Maybe they throw Steph at him, you know, for for a little bit and with a lot of help. But that fifteen and five run, I mean, how many times have we heard Kerr mention it and other guys like this is what they want to do at least until they get Clay back and then they see where Clay is, you know, can he defend these guys or not? Then they have to start figuring it out. I'm going to posit this thing. Like I think, 15, and I've seen you know relatively critical evaluations of what their season prospects are, and I understand all of them. But I think that kind of discounts the 15 and 5 finish. And we all saw it, so maybe we're overvaluing it. Maybe the Warriors are overvaluing it. But I do, I think that's who they are. I think they're going to, maybe not 15 and 5, but they're going to be tough to play in the regular season. I think we're seeing that even in the preseason. They're going to spread the floor. They're going to run around. You're going to have to try to guard Curry, and then he's going to flip the ball to someone else. And there's Otto Porter standing still at, three, at the three point line in the corner. And I don't know if this is a playoff kind of thing. I think, though, they're going to be a lot better than they were last year. Maybe not 15-5, and five, again, for the whole season, but I think this is looking like a pretty good regular season team. The roster just fits significantly better. I mean, that's the, uh, around no, not Curry. De- not, def- not defensively, maybe, but... They were fifth defensively last year. I don't think they're going to be fifth, but they're in a league now that you even look at their rating last year. It wasn't even a good defensive rating. They're just in the, this league where everybody's defensive rating is terrible. So, I mean, they could be not that great defensively and still like ninth defensively or 11th, something it's like that. You know, maybe it tumbles down into third. Yeah. But that's the big thing. Can they get 20th up to like eighth offensively? And I do think that's like probably the ballpark they could get to. Have you sliced what were they offensively in the last 20 games? I believe they were like eighth. I think they were first in defense, eighth in rating. And they were like first in net rating down the stretch. I, You know, again, two Thunder home games down the stretch. There was some like just giveaway games, some tanking games. The Pelicans came in and didn't even play Zion. I think that's bloated a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, I just – that's the big thing. I think what they learned down the stretch is like they need to commit all in to the Curry, Kerr, Draymond stylistically. And then they built the roster that way. So, yeah, I do think they're – better this season than they were last season i think we can already like kind of see how that's forming three preseason games uh the warriors are averaging 57 three-pointers at a 38 (laughs) percent clip now they're not gonna suddenly flip a switch and become a different team in the regular season but are we watching steve kerr give way to the houston rocket style of play he so vehemently detested (laughs) He's gonna, but he's gonna say it's not. I understand what he's gonna say. He's gonna say fifty-seven yeah, threes. Yeah. He's gonna say we're not, dri- yeah, not dribbling into threes. Not you know James Harden stuff. 
it's set up, you know, it's driving kick. But yes, the the way it's going to look on the box score, they're going to put. I think mean, we all agree they're going to put over fifty threes up a game, right? There's, there's. I, I don't think there's any chance they're going to be less than that. Fifty is really, really high as an average, but I mean, I think it's pretty clear they're going to go way higher than last season and, and highest in franchise history. Yeah, what, was, what was last year? Like I need to go. Look. Yeah, I think it's going to be close to fifty. Now, now we'll see if if Bielitsa and Porter hit a wall or get hurt. Then that see those are like but then Clay's like coming eight right there. <laughs> yeah, then Clay's coming. So I'm saying it based on just what they've got right now, what we're seeing, what their best offense is. They're you know, shooting more threes and twos. You know, I mean, who's going to shoot those twos? There's not that many guys who's going to sh- who, who's I who ideally will shoot a ton of twos, and Wiggins might be the one, and he's going to put up threes too. The leader in the league last year, which was the Jazz, only took forty three, and I say only like this is a ton, but they okay, took forty. Maybe not again. guaranteed to take fifty, but it's the Rockets' high was forty five four. <laughs> okay, maybe I spoke too soon with the over 50. I think some of it is, and it was funny, they threw up 60. That's what's really kind of like jumped this, you know, average is is in the first game they did 69, which is like the NBA record for a game is 70. Uh, and they had 69 against Portland. And I was talking to somebody like, well, you know, man, that's crazy. You guys threw up that many threes. And they're part of it was like, uh, you know, Portland's defense, they're, they're trying to like <laughs> learn this blitzing scheme. Yeah. And they were just giving up open three after open three. So like opening night against the Lakers, like, you know, that's a strong, powerful, like, well-schemed defense that's not going to let you just, like, jack open threes all game. Yeah, and by the way, yeah, in this, like, teams usually put up about 80 shots a game, I think. So 69 threes is a lot of threes. Let's say there'd be about the same amount of threes as twos. I think that's about where they're headed. And maybe that's more efficient for them. Like, again, who's going to be shooting their really efficient twos? I don't know who's shooting the really efficient. You teams. see um, in that Laker game, part of because how the Lakers defended him, but Steph was like 3 of 13 for 3, but he was 9 11 from, uh, from 2. Yeah, he's going to be the 2s because he's going to be the 2s. Don't forget about mid range Wiggins. Mid range Wiggins. Well, the that's 20 the other, foot again, step that's the back. Guy. But the guy who can make 2s if he's healthy and playing well is Wiseman, right? That's, that's kind of their 2s guy. Now he shoots 3s too, but he would be your more efficient at the top end of his playing scale in shooting twos. I think if they need to get twos down the road in a playoff format or whatever, Wiseman is the guy that is most likely to get them, but that's not how they're set up now. And they pulled, you know, he wasn't on the floor at 15 and five last season. And that's when it took off. He and Ubre came off the floor and they go 15 and five. So again, I think this is a good regular season construct for them way better than, than last season. We're not going to see those ridiculously terrible games we saw at the start of last season. They're going to run into problems rebounding, and they're going to run into problems defending great, you know, great perimeter players. As Steve Kerr might say, welcome to real life in the NBA. That's most teams, and I think they're going to be one of those most teams. Like They're going to be Portland-like, you know, and they've kind of scoffed at Portland in past years because Portland could not defend them. Well, they're going to be a little Portland-like, and that's the new NBA. Our friends at... uh... At light years, called them the Golden State Jazz. Part of the correlation, I, I do think what's what's potentially like what people are sleep on is that it's not that just that they're shooting a lot; they're still at a really high clip. It's really up there, like thirty eight percent, thirty nine percent. The Jazz did that last year; they shot forty three percent, but made thirty nine percent of them. Houston never got that high. Houston hung around the thirty fours, thirty fives. So to to increase the volume and stay in that 38 to 40 range, that's tough to guard, especially in the regular season. That That's worth some wins, a handful of wins, if you could kind of shoot that percentage. So I do see it going up over 40, 
but if it's the percentage. If they're knocking them down at that at that clip, that's gonna be a problem. But we see that every year with the Jazz. The problem, you know, now when the playoffs come, yeah, it's get a whole to the playoffs. Story. Get to the playoffs. But yeah. at that point, they're leaning on Steph, Clay, Draymond, playoff experience. They kind of got another bag. But hey, but it's a playoff drought right yeah, now. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. You got to get this there. Is, they have made the playoffs. You got to get there, and that that helps. Thirty eight percent is good. Welcome to NBA reality. You know, they they, they got to get to those playoffs. They can't be sitting about. Oh, we want this seed or that seed, or it'd be great if we play this style and play that style. They got to scramble to get as many wins as they can, which is what they did at the end of last season, and see if they can play it. And they just. Again, this is just from watching preseason games and me not even watching the last one, I, I have to fully admit, just looking at the box score and reading the great coverage of it. But it still feels like that's going to be their best way. Again, we'll see what Porter and Bielitsa and, and these guys that we're not quite sure of really do. And we'll see who plays the minutes. And we'll see if you know if getting strafed by opponent guards at some point really might just cause Kerr to say, okay, wait a minute. You know, Ron Adams might might grimace uh, ten too many times for, for Kerr and have to figure out something else. That's the Avery Bradley. Uh, yeah. That's why yeah, that's, Avery that cool. yeah, around. That's a conundrum. But though, like, was he terrible in the last game? I see him nothing on the stat line. He just hasn't won the job that they were clearly kind of trying to be like, come yeah, on, man. So that opens it up for GP2, right? I it mean, does, and he's playing Tuesday night. Let's uh, go, GP2. So, uh, yeah, is, I'm about to be two yeah. for two out here. God, if Marcus can get pool in the starting lineup, I'm about to be Peyton, two for two out Peyton here. In all the I, I'm actually very surprised by Avery Bradley. Like, he's been even more, he's been underwhelming. Uh, and, the, and the problem is, pass, pass, yeah, pass the problem is he, offense, he, yeah. he doesn't He doesn't have confidence in his offense at all. And I, I, remember, I remember him being, like, at least more reliable sticking the open shot. It feels like he's getting that open shot. Porter's hitting it. Belize's hitting it. Like, even Jordan Poole's hitting it. Even uh, JTA started hitting a couple. He's the only guy who's not hitting it. And that's his leg up is that he can give you something on offense, too. Yeah, I expected more out of him. It's hard to play him with Draymond at the same time, right? I mean... And it's hard to play him with JTA at the same time. That's Then you start getting into, okay, how do the pieces fit? If he can't shoot reliably, then you can't have another non-offensive player on the court with him. And that's what the Warriors do. They always have another one you know, non-offensive player, and then you get stuck. At this point, who would you rather play in those minutes, Avery Bradley or Moses Moody? Moody from the long term, but one thing I'll say about Brad, it's three preseason games. Like anyone can like not shoot it that well for three preseason games, but you do go look at his like career log, and you know when he was in Boston, fourteen point nine points per game one year, thirteen point nine, fifteen point two, sixteen point three. Like this guy was like a legit scorer. But we've That's seen the that thing. legit scores come. We've the also seen so him decline, so he's trying to prove he can he can get back to that. That's what I was going to say, and that is what you don't see. You don't see anyone capable of being, like, a double-digit per-game score anymore beyond just, like, does he stick the open three? Like, he can't do a lot of the other stuff he used to do offensively either. Physically, he's just not explosive. I think we can we should get to Moody because he was one of the stories of that Laker game. He had three threes in the fourth, really, like, big threes. You know, like, he's – the funny thing about his – he's five of six in the fourth quarter from three the last two games, and it's like – Mop-up minutes, kind of, because he's out there with like more summer league guys, rookies, younger guys, although Dwight Howard and Rondo were out there close in the game. But they are, within the context of the game, huge shots. Like It's like tie game with, with two minutes left. Especially in his mind, right? They're big shots to him. And you know what? He's t- he takes them quick, too. That's what I Confidently think. Confidently, like, too. Yeah, they're not like 
catch the ball wide open, measure it. It's got to go up. It's like catch it, flip up it goes. And I think the Warriors like that because it does feel like he's like he's not hesitating. He's not worried. Oh, what's what's Steve Kerr going to say if I miss this? What's Stephen Draymond going to give me a look? Like you just got to throw it up there. That's what we're seeing out of Jordan Poole. It's not that uh, we've seen these hesitations from very established players when they get to the Warriors because like, oh my God, wait a minute, what am I shooting it for? This is the Warriors. Someone else should shoot it. And Moody does not have that. There was also a couple times where they ran him off the line and he did like two dribbles into the lane, went up for a layup, was going to kind of get blocked and did like a curl around pass. So I think it was like Jordan Bell for a layup. And, and Yeah, he's a way better passer than what I thought. Yeah, yeah. He's made now, now, was nice he explosive passes. in those though? I mean, he's not very... No, I mean, he wasn't right? about he's to not, go like hammer no. one on Dwight Howard. He, yeah. But, you know, he attacked Dwight Howard right at his chest. Dwight Howard shockingly came over and hard fouled him because Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard was out there throwing elbows in preseason. Yo, he was wild. He caught that live on uh be elitza yeah staring him down <laughs> on belly on belly yeah dwight howard got into like five mini scuffles with like five different warriors players over the course of in a pre-season game i mean that dude caught a live it was screaming at me yeah like, be elitza ah. was like dude it, i defend like this is the regular season and this is <laughs> yeah, it's like dude you, i'm living you, you. elitza what are you doing screaming come on now but Moody caught it in the corner, uh, had a lane attack, went right at Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard came over and like chest to chest and like knocked him to the ground. And like, like clearly Dwight Howard is like much better athlete, you know, the explosion. Uh, and Moody will have trouble finishing over guys like that. But I did like the confidence to go at him, draw the foul. He goes in there, he mixes it up. He, he, he's crafty with the passes. I mean, Tim, if you rewatch that fourth, like he, he'll make two of them. I don't think we're finished because he's out there playing with Langston Galloway and whoever, but Three passes that you're like, yeah, that was nice. I was kind of like, I'm surprised you saw that. I think we're going to see over these next two preseason games if Kerr believes he's done enough to throw him out there, you know, in the first quarter, in the second quarter. And then we might get a hint that, hey, they're starting to think that maybe Avery Bradley didn't win the job and Moses Moody's got this rotation spot potentially. And then that would slide GP2 into into that fourth guard thing. We've seen Moses passing, like, it's come with him at each step. Like, you know, he did it in Arkansas. You get the summer league. He's like, oh, he's a nice passer. And now he's doing it. Like, you know, and mop-up minutes at preseason games is coming with him. It feels like it's something that he's carrying with him. And you, you know Steve Kerr loves that, right? Just dudes who can catch the ball and make a decision, like, on the fly and be able to make the right pass. You know who's the biggest fan probably is probably Joe Lickett. Because, if he drafted Moses, him, yeah, he drafted Moses him, yeah. Moody is going to be like, not not only is he going to give him, you know, some playing time or whatever, 14 pick, but he's going to justify not playing that 15 spot. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's I, just, he's gonna like, I mean, we got Moody. Uh, hey, hey, wait a minute. We got Moody. Don't have to trade for Bradley Bill. We got, we got Moses yeah, Moody. We got Moody. Uh, yeah. That would be interesting. That would be a big move for them. It would be it would be a, interesting. Like, it, it'd be one way to... Win and develop. Win and develop. And there might be another team kind of trying to do that right now. But, you know, I thought it was interesting that Kerr, you know, has compared him to Trevor Reza, which is a very respected player in the league, a perfect Warriors kind of player, 3 and D. I don't know if I quite see that out of Moody defensively right now, but maybe, you know, he's 19 and stick a few threes. That's the easiest way in any, you know, Warriors uh, decision maker's heart is to stick a few open threes when, when they're there. Again, we didn't we say that from the beginning, like of the obviously between Moody and Kaminga, but even probably over Wiseman at this point, who's going to possibly be in the back end of a real rotation out of all those out of three young guys? 
it's Moody because he does those things that fit the Warriors. Just things that fit the Warriors, not necessarily at a higher talent level than the other guys. In fact, he would probably be the least talented of the three, but just that he fits those things they need. Now, can he can he be the guy? Okay. Hey, wait a minute. CG McCollum's kind of going off here. And, you know, we don't have any, you know, we got to throw him out there. Can he do that? Or is, does it have to be on, does it have to be Andre? And Andre would not help them on the three-point side. So can he be that guy? We will be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. Moody doesn't look like a stopper to me. Moody looks like a really capable team defender, like knows where he's going to be even at his age. Um, you know, he's always making the right rotations. He's active with the hands. He's always got his hands up. Uh, he's he's, long. Like, he's long. He's yeah, long. he's long. But physically, I mean, I feel like let's say he, you know, they're playing the Lakers opening night. He's out there against Westbrook. I can see the Lakers like trying to clear the floor and like post him up, Russ, because he's still, you know, athletically uh, not there. And then just strength-wise, I mean, he's 19 years old. And Ariza's a great athlete, by the way. Oh, well, Ariza was strong. He came <laughs> in. He came. He came yeah. in the league strong, and he came from that Baron Davis UCLA, you know, kind of background. But uh, he wasn't a perfect player either. It's not like you know. Oh my God, they're putting up this. But he could be he, the stopper, right? He had the athletic ability to do it. I don't think that Moody. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. I mean, it, it's interesting that we can even discuss that because you know we can't say that about Kaminga. We can't say it about. A lot of different people, but they do need those what? guys. Kaminga's a stopper. Watch. Yeah, defensive stopper. They really, really would have to develop him, but Jonathan Kaminga certainly has the, you know, physical profile. Physical, yeah, physical yeah, yeah, profile. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if he's got the side to side, but they lost Bazemore and Oubre. We've mentioned this before. They just need people to get those kinds of minutes. So just go bug the best player on the other team for seven minutes and make sure that Steph or, or Jordan Poole don't have to do it. It's amazing we're saying, like, oh, my God, you have to save Jordan Poole's energy because he's so good. Marcus has talked this into reality, has talked this into reality. Be honest, though, I was we were looking up, I was looking up last year pieces, and I remember this on the pod. We, we kind of talked about this a lot last year, that Jordan Poole was making this. Oh, no question. Oh, no, it was, like, yeah. yeah, I mean. I, I mean, it's been a while, but we've, we've been on the Jordan Poole for a while. The big thing was when he was dominating the bubble, I think he was like, you know, Know, second or third in the scoring in the bubble and brad wanamaker's slump was just worsening by the game it was like <laughs> just try just try to use jordan pool you know it was like let's see what you might have got and remember it was pool and wiseman like, like can you put those two guys together because maybe gets a better wiseman and a better pool and you, then you win two ways now we'll see what happens with wiseman but i think that's what we were saying like this this could be an unlocking of a certain kind of second unit that they certainly, I mean, the Wanamaker second unit was just 
horrendous. I mean, that was the problem. Was like the first unit was terrible because Wiseman and Uber were dragging it down, and the second unit was terrible because Wanamaker could not shoot. Poole or just was play, kind of play make at all. I mean, he just couldn't create, which, you know, I, I thought that was kind of poor usage from a coaching standpoint. But, uh, you know, I think Steve Kerr's really shown a lot of urgency in this preseason. Chasing wins. <laughs> Chasing preseason wins. I mean, Steph Curry played 30 minutes the other night. But, I mean, just the way they've, like, really prioritized the veterans in, in, in the rotations. They've tried to see if Bradley can, you know, kind of, like I said, win that spot. But also, I just feel like he's trying to get the team as ready as possible to win a bunch of games early. Because I feel like they, if you've seen their early season schedule, obviously they start off with a tough one in L.A. But, and really their, their second one's tough too, home opener against the Clippers. But after that, two road games at Sacramento, at Oklahoma City. I mean, those are two not great teams and then they have an eight game homestand early in the season that includes memphis thunder charlotte new orleans houston minnesota chicago like if they're ready early on and if they're playing a style that's difficult to guard they could jump out to a nice record early on and that really i think just eases the pressure around the season because we all know like there's pressure points everywhere heading into the season including like you know they don't want to rush clay back but there might be a point if the situation's getting kind of tense in december that they're like you know how, how soon is he ready so i do think you're seeing from a coaching perspective them being like they need to sprint out of the game they feel like okay yeah we don't want to put any pressure on clay don't want to get into that world and also they had the 15 and five it's like that pick that up that feeling not a desperation but something close to like urgency like this is we've got to be and with Steph at his best make sure Steph is highlighted and make sure this is perfect for him and Draymond and that can't be a slow thing to start the season it's got to be immediate I think in their minds uh, maybe part of their minds is like, you know, also like, let's get some wins before we have to work Wiseman back in because there might be a little clunky at that point. I'm not saying that's on the top of their minds, but it won't be their Jeez, I- look how you doing the number yeah, two pick. It, it, like, it might, it's not ouch. their ideal formulation at this point to work Wiseman. And now they've got to, they must do it. But I don't think in the coaching staff's mind, Figuring out what to do with Wiseman is exactly how they want to run this. Now, they again, he's so talented they have to. But, like, what was I saying all offseason, even before we knew that he was going to miss training again? He is not starting center. He is not the starting center. There is no way Steve Kerr projects James Wiseman. He needs to center. win the no starting way. center job, and he'd have to do that with what I am hearing at the start is going to be more of a second-unit role with Poole. Uh, mostly when Steph and Draymond are off the court. That's a way to, because those will, regardless of how good Poole looks, those, that's still the Warriors' worst minutes, you know, going into the season. I think that's a solid plan to try to see what you have. Now, they might send him to the G League, again, like Santa Cruz practices, get up to speed, and they'll see. Santa Cruz, comes Warriors, back plus, minus. There you go. Kaminga and Weissman on that team. Man. Santa uh, Cruz, Warriors, plus, minus. That's funny. Big. Slater, uh, who guards the opposing star guards? They got to deal with it. And if they don't use the 15th spot, they're basically saying, we'll figure it out <laughs> another way. I think there's two options. I think Andrew Wiggins can be capable. Uh, they like Andrew Wiggins much more as a one-on-one defender than like a team wing. But he's makes more sense, like, hey, they're playing the Clippers. He makes more sense on Paul George than he does Portland against Damian Lillard. Opening night, you know, he's on LeBron. He's not on Russell Westbrook. I do think there's a there's an increasing trust level in Steph Curry in individual matchups, just as a defender to hold his own. 
Wasn't he guarding Lillard in the preseason game? I yeah, was, yeah. They were, I mean, they were switching it up a lot. They would bring Bradley in. But I believe to start the and he game. he did last year, too. He did last year for a I'm bit. trying to remember, but I believe to start the game they went. Poole on Norman Powell, Curry on Lillard, and Wiggins on McCollum. And normally Steph would guard Norman Powell, right? That, that would be where Steph would, would be. I don't think the the issue is a like you know Steph Steph's been the same kind of defender is which is you know pretty good in in several areas. The issue was last year especially is you just literally cannot afford him in foul trouble. You're done if he gets two fouls early. That's that's ball game. Now they could probably stomach it more. Right now you got more to be able to Steph gets in foul trouble like the game's not over because before it was. Brad Wanamaker coming in, <laughs> or, yes. or or Baysmore, yeah, yeah. or you know, now if if Jordan Poole's running the show while Steph is in foul trouble, that's probably a more tenable situation. One of the concerns would be like you're going to tire Steph out if you give him the Damian Lillard matchup that might tire him out. But I think they've come to believe you know what tires him out more if he's out there with nobody that can score and he's getting three guys on him, and he's getting frustrated, and he's keep getting double-teamed at half court. So I think they believe what Poole does for Steph offensively will ease his load a lot more than if you get him off a defensive matchup. And the analytics, which you know Steve Kerr's mentioned a couple times, tell him that Poole and Curry worked last year. That was their best two-man combination. I think it was 200-something minutes. They were plus 17, plus 18 net rating. So he's been led to believe that that combo works even if like in his basketball brain tells him not to have two you know offense first guards who are exploitable defensively out there so they're okay with it and if you're okay with that I think you got to be okay with Steph guarding some of the main guys and in this league where offenses are just going to score regardless essentially you're trying to outscore teams oh you know Lillard can have a nice game and you can still beat Portland and then you make Lillard have to guard Steph I mean that's basically it's, it's been the way Portland's done it again they haven't won any championships but They've done it that way. Like you, okay, go go guard our guy. You know, I mean, we're gonna put as many offensive guys out on the court, and you go guard us. And also, Steph, you, the Warriors tell Steph, don't reach, don't reach. You got to give up the layup, give up the layup. Do not reach. Steph uh, might be old enough to listen. Now. I don't know. Like, yeah, all right, man, go ahead. You go score. That, but, that pride, yeah. the pride might be subsided a bit. Where he's like, all yeah. right, Lillard. Well, here's the other thing, though. Like, where does Steph? Like, teams always want to, like, you know, get Steph switched on the big guy, right? They always not maybe not Portland. That's the wrong thing, but like, you know, he's like the Lakers. Yeah, the like he's okay. Okay, so he's okay there, though. Like, I mean, like, just they're okay with that. You know, instead of just fearing that, just say, okay, that's the way it goes. If it happens, don't foul. Play tough. Stuff is fine on you know team defense. And go back and hit a three on them on the other side. Like, you know, it's it doesn't seem like, you know, I do think things have changed. It used to be, oh, my God, who's going to, you know, we got to put Steph on this, you know, bad small forward. Have Draymond and, you know, other guys piece it together on defense and then go outscore them, you know. And not crazy, terrible defense, but this is the way you can win a lot of games in the NBA. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. Dynasties, a new book that takes a journey through the history of the NBA from the lens of its greatest teams. 
Dynasties, it carves out the 10 GOAT teams that changed the NBA forever, looking at their star players, the villains they had to overcome, their impact on society at the time, and their lasting contributions to basketball. Want to know the 10 teams? Hint, there is one surprise. Want to learn about the golden eras and the shoulders on whom the NBA stands? Want to relive the moments and central figures in the dynasties you watch live? Then get your copy of Dynasties Now. Featuring gorgeous art by Yu Ming Huang, Dynasties is a perfect addition to your bookshelf or coffee table, or even a collector's item to gift to NBA fans in your life. Remember the legends. Appreciate the dominance. Indulge in Dynasties. Available wherever books are sold. It's the value of Draymond too. It's it's like you know problem solved, Draymond. You know you're. This is why you're still getting paid twenty something million. It's to basically what Rudy Gobert does in Utah is drags Utah to a great defense every year. Even though like you know they they don't have stoppers all over the floor. So Draymond just and Looney. You know Looney's still out there. You're still in the modern NBA having two. You're tilting two of your players more towards defense, which a lot of teams don't even do two. So yeah, I mean. Like you could scheme up, and and Draymond can run a scheme that can stop an offense. And this is again the value of Wiggins because you can't. I mean, if you had Steph, this has been some of the problems other teams have. Is okay, you can't guard the perimeter guys, but also can't guard the great small forward. Uh, You've got to guard one of those positions, and the Warriors have Wiggins to do it. Again, this is the I don't want to say the genius of it, but this is the smart the way that they got an acquisition for Durant. In D'Angelo Russell, and then got Wiggins for D'Angelo Russell and Kaminga. I know Marcus ripped the Warriors all up and down for that, but uh, it turned out okay. It almost talk, did. Talking about you know <laughs> when Wiggins was the possibility of him not playing home games, and oh, just get rid of him, just get rid of him. And I understood that. I understood. understood again, it's, it, he's had the shot, so he's fine now. But even amid that discussion, there is no possible way for the Warriors to replace Andrew Wiggins. That was the whole point of this. He fits what they do. They're willing to pay him $32 million a year because there's no other way to get a guy who can go guard LeBron and be decent at it. He was was decent at it last season and maybe score 16 points a game. Within the construct of what you do, not demand the ball, get some deflections, get some rebounds, do all those things. That's very valuable. If they didn't have, like, let's just put it this way. If they didn't have Wiggins on this team with Steph and Jordan Poole as your guards, there would be some issues. They'd have Ben Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that might be better. But, uh, yeah, it, it would be it would be Otto Porter. As Speaking of, that's what I wanted to ask. Like, you know. can Otto Porter guard? <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you start asking that, though. You start asking that, you're looking for... No, he's got. Yeah, he's yeah. pretty stiff. He plays like he's not in shape, even though he looks like he is in shape. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, because he's got leg issues. He I moves mean, like a guy who's not in shape. He's like dough on the floor a couple times now. He did it again the other night. Got the a Warriors loose ball. want him to be Duncan Robinson. Let's just say, I mean, that's what they want him to be, and a little more, a little more, a little more, a little less like movement, like more of a catch and shoot guy. Like Duncan Robinson does like JJ Reddick style, yeah, yeah, like run yeah, the yeah, baseball. Not that, but just the guy that the defense has to go, Oh my God, he's got the ball and rush to him. Like they, like, as, as you documented earlier at the time when two guys ran at him and left Steph alone on the wing, those sorts of things and shoot, you know, 50% from three from the corner. Just be that guy from the corner. We've, those shots are always there in the Warriors offense. It, Ubre got him. Bazemore got him. They're just there and be one of the best guys in the league to shoot in the corner three. And 
then hope he does some other stuff. I think you start playing Otto Porter in a very important way. You're you're asking for him to get hurt. You're just asking for something to not be right. And I just think play him 15 minutes a game and let him shoot three corner threes a game and maybe one or two other shots. And I think they'd be fine with that. And they should be. They're getting him for the minimum. They're getting him for $1.7 million. This would be just fine for them. They ran a lineup late in the first half of the Lakers game with Porter, Bielitsa, Poole, Draymond, Steph. That was like, you know, extreme spacing. And then like the Steph, Draymond pick and roll down the middle with Poole as kind of like a second side playmaker. And it looked really good. They ended the half 8-0 in like two minutes. Like, you know, it was like a tie game or I think they had a two-point lead and they went into half up 10. And almost up 13, Porter like rimmed out a wide open corner three uh, in the final possession. And it was like... You know, we talked about it a little bit post-game. You know, we talked about this, like, offense-first approach. That lineup for stretches could be really explosive if they survive defensively. Bielitsa has had some errors. We mentioned Porter's kind of stiffness, but they did in that game. I mean, some of that was because Russell Westbrook, I think, had zero points and eight turnovers in the first half. But it looked good the first time Curry used it together. If they're on together, like, that's that's a blitz. That's a That's a... That's a fourteen to two run in a heartbeat if the if they're on because it's gonna be three you know transition three layup three and it'll be all over the court. The problem is when they're not. On. What I liked about it, there was a play where Steph was Steph's off ball and he's doing one of his like you know scattering around. He's doing a pin down screen. I think Carmelo was in the mix, so they thought they could exploit Carmelo. And Steph seems like he's getting a cut wide open and LeBron reads it because LeBron reads all of Steph's stuff off ball really well. So LeBron jets over to, to stop the Steph cut. But guess what? LeBron's not guarding Kelly Oubre anymore. LeBron's guarding Otto Porter. So Draymond just swings it to Porter, who LeBron has left to guard the Steph action. Porter hits an open corner three. And it's like, you know, that works better than last year when LeBron would just freelance because you could put him on, you know, he Oubre. Knew, yeah. He's re- back there reading the plays. Yeah, just think about, like, you know, you got a team coming in on a back-to-back and – they're tired, and then the Warriors... They don't yeah, want to yeah, chase yeah, I know. the perimeter like that. The Warriors yeah. start doing that, and the game's game over. You know, it's like you get you get the Nuggets coming in after they play the Clippers. How many wins will they get like think, that? Uh, like, yeah, they're going to get... That's like the old, like, you know, how many game, how many wins the Nuggets got in the old... I guess because they played so fast in, in the old days. So you just get free wins sometimes. And the Warriors didn't haven't got many of those lately just because it's been so hard for them to put together reliable offensive units. And I think this is going to get them some free wins. It got them some free wins. You know, Slater mentioned some bad teams, but you know the Nuggets. They beat the Nuggets at Oracle at the end of last. Season. I mean, what? No, what arena is this? It's Chase Center. Oracle is the baseball team now. But you know, it's going to get them some tired teams coming into Chase Center are just going to get wiped off the court. Just going to get blown off. Now that means the Warriors are going to have some tougher times on the road. I think when teams are fired up and opponents are yelling at them. But I think this is going to be. Five to ten, kind of almost not free wins, but wins that you're just going to be able to count on if you just play with a certain rhythm at home. And they did not have those certainly last two seasons. Slater, got anything else? I'm watching the Peyton attempt to try to steal this roster spot in the the last week or here. So does Bradley lose it? Does Joe Lacob just does, declare does it? Does Joe Lacob win it? <laughs> they may, yeah, they might. They might. They might open have keep it open to start. This is what it's feeling like, and then have. Peyton available, you know, to, to, to grab at some point. And, you know, if, if someone else grabs them, fine, but that's not likely at this point. 
and just keep it open for now. You know, I, I think it's kind of a dodge, and I think maybe I don't know, the, man. The Warriors veterans will feel like it's a dodge, but I don't know, uh, TK. I just feel like it's pointed Lakers, out Clippers, Kings, Ja, Lonzo, Trey, right? They, I mean, it's a lot of guards coming in the first. I think they should just have a 15th roster spot. It's easy for me to say, but this is a company that's making a lot of money. They have talked about how they'll do everything to win games. And if it if it comes, they spent whatever what seventy million dollars for Kelly Oubre last season, you can spend nine million dollars because it's the minimum times five or you know eight point five million dollars it would take to have a fifteenth roster spot. If you're Steph Curry, I'm sure you think that you absolutely think that. It's weird because I, I feel like I'm I would be saying two things at once right here, but it's like I do think you should carry an Avery Bradley or Peyton, but at the same time we'll see with Peyton. But what I've seen from Avery Bradley, I'm also like. You mentioned all these games they're playing early in the season. I don't think they should necessarily have Avery Bradley in their rotation early in the season. Like, just from what I've seen, I get the idea of Bradley, and Bradley's better than absolutely nothing, which w- which would be your empty spot. Especially with Clay as an empty spot. Like, yeah. You know, Clay is not And, you know, Wiseman's an empty spot early Wiseman, on. Yeah, Kaminga's sure, kind of an sure, empty spot. Yeah, for sure, Clay. What they also could say is, hey, you know, we're waiting to see if Wiseman's back, and if Wiseman's not back soon... We're going to need a center, and let's keep that spot open for a center. I guess I, I can understand that. But the spot will always be open. You're signing due to a non-guaranteed contract. You let him go whenever you want. Fill in and go yeah, get Yeah, but that's who's that, though? Who who you letting go? Oh, the, the 15th, 15th you're saying, spot. Yeah, you, I mean, you keep Bradley yeah, on you can, a non-guaranteed. You can, you, can, you can flip that. You can flip that. You're right. I just think it, it, would, it would be a good gesture to the two most important players on the team and oh, who have been the most important players on the team for a great run. That you say, you know what? I don't want to do it, but eight million dollars for a guy potentially we can still move off of him, who can help five minutes a game every other game. It's worth it. It's worth it. The commitment to you guys to do this. I think that would be a good move. Yeah, and you're not locked in for the whole year, so it ain't. Really that. But if you do it for the first couple months of the season, if that person isn't playing well, you walk away. You you let them go. It's easier to do it that way to me. To start with the 15th spot, prove like, see, we don't need this. It's not working. And now you're only $3 million in instead of 8.5, whatever. But you at least did it. Uh, To me, that's better. Uh, But most importantly, like we've been talking about the guards, it feels like every dominant guard in the league, is they're playing them to start. So at least if nothing else, you got somebody you can put on a guy. Like, even if it's Avery Bradley. Like, Avery Bradley isn't in your rotation. But you can say, hey, man, this game, we just want you harassing Trey Young for 10 minutes. <laughs> this game, Ja Morant dropped 40 on us in a playing game. Let's give him a different look. Avery Bradley go, right? Like, not so that might be worth it just for that alone because they're seeing all these guys in the first part of the season. They open up and... Somebody goes off on Steph. Steph gets three fouls, and then so who do they put on him? Who do they put on him in that situation? It's JTA, Andre? yeah, Andre. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean that's not ideal. That's just not ideal. Just that in your head, I think says just start off the season. And Marcus, you got it right. It's like this doesn't mean that they have to keep 15th spot all season. It might keep it for a month. It might keep it for three weeks. And that as a gesture to their veterans. After not using the taxpayer mid level, after not you know, after doing a lot of things to try to save some money here and there, the traded player exception, traded player that would be disabled, disabled, disabled player, player exception. exception didn't use that would be a good move. Again, they're spending tons of money. And there's no question they're spending. Again, as everyone says, they're they're paying more luxury tax this season 
than other teams have on their payroll. But fans are back in Chase Center and concerts are back at Chase Center. Chase Center was actually a good environment in the Laker game. It was filled up and it was energized. It was Friday night. You had the Bay versus L.A. two times, you know, down the road. They were showing Giants highlights during timeouts and the crowd was going nuts. There was a bunch of beat L.A. chants. Like, it felt like they want Chase Center to feel this year. And it was the first time. It didn't feel like sterile in there in a long time. So it's just something to note as we talk about their money. You got downtown kind of You know, Gots is open. You know, a little bit, Gots you know? is cranking. Gots of Miller, Miller and Lux. Miller, the steakhouse is open. Oh, yeah, it is. is That's right. Yeah, I, yeah. I, can, I, can see, I can see Slater in a booth. They're, they're getting some night, rent you know? down there you now, want... finally. You know, I pay rent down there. About time. About time. I just want to say this with no other comment than that. Than that. But it's about somebody's been waiting for those restaurants. Let's get those afternoon games going, so I could definitely have some nighttime in Miller and Lux. But if I'm getting out of the arena at midnight, I mean, how late do they even stay open? Uh, last I've heard, uh, the last reservation is 11 p.m. So that means the bar's going to be open pretty late. I think. Let's get some I don't. I may have been discussing this with some warriors. Hey, 5:30 p.m. Saturday, October 30th. <laughs> it gets to thunder, Slater. Dinner, All right. dinner on you. Do that. Dinner on you. Giants World Series Game Three might be in there somewhere, but that's okay. Two observations off the Warriors game. That's you got to get through Max first. <laughs> you get through Max first. But no, it's uh, it's good. Good to have fans back, just for sure. And I think there's a lot of interest in this team. You sense that Slayer just from from your interaction. Oh yeah. I just think yeah. People yeah. are really nine thousand fans to a workout. I mean, that told me something, right? There. Yeah, that was Oracle level days, yeah. right there. That was yeah. yes, yes, exactly. It wasn't like dreary. Oh yeah, we'll cheer for staff. Isn't that great? It was like. The legitimate interest in this team. Yeah, and I think there's growing optimism that, yeah, you know, they did build this well around Steph. Even if they didn't do the home run trade, like, this should be a fun style of play that should lead to plenty of regular season wins, even if they may have capped themselves at, at a non-title contender. Depends on, you know, Clay a lot. But, you know, they, they could have taken a bigger swing that would make us believe that they could actually win a title. I'm sitting here, I, I would not pick them to win a title. But... There's something to be said for 50 regular season wins or, you know, a lot of energy of a four seed type season. And and I think there's starting to be more belief that they could be that type of regular season, like fun time, 41 nights a year. And Steph signed the $250 million contract extension, which which helps. <laughs> yes, it always does. But they're trying to be the Portland Trailblazers. Like, you know, again, the, that... Just for this year, that, don't don't let fine. them hear you say yeah. that. Just for this year, they want to be troublemakers. <laughs> I'm gonna say, I'm gonna tell Joe Lakin, you're just trying to be the Portland. They ended a playoffs. They want to go back playoffs. to be the Warriors when they make the playoffs. Or. Yes, yes, and they probably will if they're playing the Portland Trailblazers. Maybe not any anybody else, but uh, it, it's it's a decent way to piece this together for them. And then they wait for Wiseman and Clay, and then we'll see what Moody and you know Kaminga can give them whenever that is. But it's an interesting, you know, again, it's it's. A two-way go. Like try to everything they can to try to win as many games as they can. Scramble around. Maybe not the greatest postseason feel to it, but then they've got some other things they can plug in where they feel good about what that might look like in in either this postseason or postseasons to come. Season preview pod next week. Next Full week we bre- we, we kind of yeah we kind of we kind of did a little preseason preview here, but that's okay. We we can come up with more stuff. Oh, we, we will. It's gonna be plenty, a fuller one. Plenty. And we were looking at each other during this podcast for the first time. So if it feels like better, then uh, it's because we actually. Can, if it like, feels better, you got to attribute that to Marcus Thompson, who had to prod his podcast partners to actually turn on their cameras. 
TK had to t- take the tape off and tape violate off. his off. Edward Snowden <laughs> vibes to join us on the Zoom. <laughs> yeah, I, I like my video privacy, but for the for the purpose of this, on the prodding of Marcus Thompson, we actually got to see each other while we're doing the podcast. All right, we're out of here. Thanks for listening. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.